Thank you for listening to Inside the 435. Our show is supported by sponsors and our loyal audience. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. This podcast is hosted and produced with Anchor. Here is why you should use Anchor to produce your podcast. It's free, no cost to you ever. There are creation tools built into Anchor allowing you to record, edit, and upload your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor takes the tedious and long process of distribution off of your to-do list. Your show will be automatically distributed to Spotify and Apple Podcasts for you. Everyone dreams of making a little bit of money from a podcast. This is made possible by Anchor. With no minimum listenership, you can be offered sponsorships. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do not wait a second longer. Download the free Anchor app, that's A-N-C-H-O-R, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to Inside the 435, a podcast dedicated to reporting the latest political and business news and giving people of all ideologies a platform to make their voices heard. Before we begin, please follow and share the show with all of your friends and feel free to message us on Instagram at Inside the 435 with any questions that you would love to hear answered on the show. And now, here's your host, Jack Bowie. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very exciting episode of Inside the 435. I'm your host, Jack Bowie, and I'll be speaking with President of the Perrysburg Schools Board of Education, Mr. Ray Pullman. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you, Jack. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm doing pretty well myself. Uh, you know, thanks for being here. I know you're very busy, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very glad you could uh, make it. I'm very glad, uh, you know, that we finally got things working after, you know, about a half hour sometimes. <laughs> Me yeah. too. <laughs> Technology's not on our side. You know, we learned that this year for sure. Um, but yeah, anybody who's watching before we begin, please, uh, you know, follow and share the show so that everybody can see um, some great conversations we have. Um, but yeah, let's just start. Um, you know, I'm very glad to be speaking with you. Uh, you know, I think, you know, you're a very great guy, a hardworking guy. Um you know, and your, your, your jobs have not been easy this year. So I just want to say right off the bat, thanks for everything you do. Um, you know, especially <laughs> now it's not easy. Um, but yeah, I want to give people a chance to hear what you have to say. Cause you know, we, we, we don't see enough on TV, you know, you guys are very, you know, down to business, kind of got a lot on your plate. So uh-huh. yeah. Um, so, you know, we all know you're, you're, you're a lot more than the guy who runs the board meetings. Um, but how long have you been in Perrysburg and, uh, you know, what have you done in your time here? You know, I've been, I've been a resident of Perrysburg for 42 years. Actually, I was a, uh, school teacher at Defiance for one year. Then I moved to Perrysburg and, uh, worked at Perrysburg schools for uh, about 36 years. And, uh, as, as a teacher, as a math teacher, head football coach, uh, track coach, and then I became athletic director at Perrysburg. That's awesome. So why did you choose Perrysburg? Well, you know, when I was uh, graduated from Bluffton College in 78, and um, my first job, like I said, was at Defiance. And I was at a junior high school, and I coached at the high school. And I liked working with the older uh, older uh, students. Enjoyed junior high. But uh, opportunity came up since I'm from the Toledo area. Perrysburg schools had an opening and a job opening. 
and I was a single guy. I didn't have a family. I wasn't worried about the school system with, with respect to what type of school system it was, other than the fact that um, I was going to get a job at the high school level. So I applied here, and sure, sure, as soon as I got here, a couple of years later, I got married, and we started a family, and we had three kids that graduated from Perrysburg High School. That's awesome. Um, you know, you I know I know you were the athletic director. Um, and then after you retired, you've, uh, you know, you were sworn onto the board. I think it was 2020, uh, you became president. Correct. Um, so, you know, as a board member, we, you know, we probably as students haven't heard a lot, um, about you, what you guys do, um, until, you know, this year where, you know, the board meetings, you know, a lot changes for us. So what are the specific duties of somebody who's, you know, on the board? Sure. Well, uh, you know, there's five members uh, elected by the community and everybody has uh, one vote. So even as president of the Board of Education, it, uh, I have one vote. I'm one fifth of the uh, decision making. And so our main job, believe it or not, is to hire a, a superintendent of the district and a treasurer of the district and let them do the work that they do. And we're the sounding board from the community uh, to the superintendent and the treasurer. And um, we act on best behalf of the community, the students and the staff. And once we're there and on a board, we uh, work with policies and procedures, such as should we go back to five days of school? Should we stay hybrid? Should we go remote? So policies and procedures are a big part of board decision-making and board meetings. Yeah. Your guys' decisions have certainly impacted a lot this year. Um, the, the learning of, of students, the actual education, as well as the safety of students, you guys have had a lot in your hands. Um, and you know what? So, so you, you know, decided to run for office, um, to decide to run for this position. What was that process like for you? You know, this is a political show usually, but you know, this, you know, interview isn't sure. political, but we deal with the election <laughs> and stuff. So, well, it's funny you say that because, uh, the school board, when you run for a board, it's not supposed to be political with respect to what, what your political affiliation is. It's not Republican, Democrat, independent, nothing. You run for school board uh, without really having to state what your views are politically. Um, but when I retired, um, it was the end of July, I retired. I said, I want to be active in this community. I want to be active with, with school districts somehow, with education. So I decided to, well, gosh, maybe I'll run for the school board. So I did right away. Um, and I, the process to me is uh, rather interesting. Uh, you know, you can campaign, you can put signs out, you can go door to door, you can talk to people. And that's that was probably the most difficult part because people don't want you coming to their door. <laughs> you knock on their door, you give them a, a free piece of paper, a pad of paper. Um, what I did not like, the most difficult part was when people would ask you a question, when you go to... Uh, a meeting where maybe the Republican Party had a gathering and they wanted to bring the candidates in and have questions and answers. Uh, the Women's League of Voters had the candidates in to ask questions. They give you two minutes to respond. Now, I don't know about you, but two minutes to respond to a question, that's pretty difficult to do. That was frustrating for me. That was frustrating. Other than that, it was nice meeting people. It was nice going out and really looking at my philosophies of education or why am I running? What is my interest in uh, being on the school board? It kind of solidifies all the things that I worked for 37 years uh, in education to continue to serve on the school board. So did I like the election process? No, I did not. 
I didn't like it at all. But it's part of it's, it's part of getting your name out there and getting to meet people. I understand that part. So it sounds like you know being on the school board is something you're very passionate about. Um, it sounds like the school system is something that you you know you're very passionate about. You've been doing it for so long now. Um, but why you know did you from the beginning decide that being you know involved with the school is something you wanted to do? Was this always your goal, or is this something that you took up uh, you know after college? You mean as far as the school board was concerned? As far as any position at the school is concerned. Yeah. First of all, I, I went into ed to education. I was I went to Macumber Vocational High School, and I had a trade. I learned to trade electronics. And um, I always kind of dabbled in the fact I loved it. I loved history. I loved reading. I, I love education. I love getting facts. And, and so I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go to college, be a math major, and become a teacher. And I, and I did that. And um, so when I graduated, got my first job in education. I, I really enjoy working with the kids. I enjoyed the youth. I enjoyed just seeing them grow and mature. And, and it wasn't so much about the math. It wasn't so much about, you know, giving them algebra facts and geometry facts. It was about seeing them process and growing and um, graduating from high school, just seeing that process. I really enjoyed that part of it. And so when I ran for the school board, I thought Perrysburg school district is one of the best around. And, and it is. It's uh, got a great staff, great administration, great community members. And I thought, man, I want to be part of this and continue to be part of this wave that's out there. And, you know, the peaks and valleys, the, the waves of the highs and the lows, so to speak. And I thought Perrysburg was doing a lot of great things. And I wanted to continue to support that any way I could. At the same time, serving the kids by the decisions we make, serving the community and serving the staff the best that I could. I think that's really great. Um, you know, having people who have the best interests of the students, the teachers, the parents in mind is what we need. We need people who uh, are not involved in the politics of the situation, not involved in, you know, any part of the job other than, um, you know, following our mission statement at Perrysburg schools. So what are your specific duties as president? Because you run for office and then you're elected by your uh, you know, fellow members as president. So what are those duties and what does this position mean to you? So basically I help with the agenda with the superintendent. So we prepare agenda for our meetings. And what people don't understand is there's just not two meetings that they see now at live stream. You see a Monday evening meeting and we have a Tuesday morning work session. So we had a work session this past Tuesday. So superintendent and I would get the agenda together to prepare for that meeting. Then we've got committee meetings. So between Tuesday and March 15th, we have several committees. We have 14 standing committees that the board members would serve on at least three. So two board members per committee. So a lot of things go on between Tuesday's meeting and the next meeting, which would be Monday evening, March 15th. So I have to make sure that's all organized and that there's agendas for both meetings. And I also must make sure as a president that I facilitate the board meetings and the process and ensure that every member of that board has a right to speak their mind, their opinion and ask questions. So, you, you know, you got to keep things focused, keep things reined in, but give every member of that board an opportunity to speak on any agenda item that's come up or any concern that they might have. There's so many other things too. Um, you know, there's signing contracts. There's putting a signature on a teacher's contract. Um, there's making sure that we're building trust and relationships in the community. There's responding to emails, uh, public records requests. People want 
information about finances or what have you. So the bottom line is it's just max, make sure I'm keeping an open communication between the board, superintendent, and the community. So this year has been very difficult um, for you guys, uh, really. I mean, you you have a very stressful job, and this year it hasn't made it easier. And it's especially in a year like this year and in any other year, how do you keep you know manage to keep a level head with so many valid opinions, valid <laughs> concerns, and valid thoughts out there? Yeah, that's a very good question, Jack. Um, being human that I am, when you get an email, a lot of the emails we get have been very positive, very concerned. A lot of folks that come to board meetings, we invite them to public. We want them to speak to the board. And they are very passionate about their concern, whatever it may be. Whether we agree with it or not, they're very passionate. And um, so you want that dialogue to reply on an email. I'll type away and type away and type away, and I'll pause. I don't want to send my first message that I've typed because maybe it wasn't very nice. Yeah, I'm replying I'm maybe out of out of some passion that I might have based upon information I have. So I sit on it for a little bit. I go back and I delete about three paragraphs and I make sure I take the high road, make sure that I'm answering their question and give them my phone number. Please give me a call and we can have a discussion because it's hard to communicate on correspondence through email. There's so much to do face to face or on the phone. So yeah, I run a lot in the morning too. I exercise every morning and kind of blow off steam. And I think through the process of the previous meeting or maybe there's an email that comes to me, but we're we're very fortunate in Perrysburg to have community members that are very active in the educational process. And we encourage that as a board. There's only five of us. We need to hear from our community to help make our school district the best that it can be. That's great. You seem like a very... Um intelligent person when it comes to uh your job you take it very seriously um you really have the best interests of the community in mind um and i respect that a lot and i know i you know you explained that you had kids do you think it's important um for members of the board of education to have children grandkids or previously had children in the system to have a better representation of the school I think it certainly helps to have that that background. And if, if you look at the makeup of our board currently, um, we have three educators on the board, one CFO, um, and, we, and we have a, another a person who has a child. So we've got myself, I've got a granddaughter who's in fourth grade, haven't had three children go from K through 12 in the system. Now I'm going back through it again with the, with the granddaughter. And um, another uh, member has a a grandson and granddaughter and the other members have children or one has just a, uh, she's an educator. I think it's important to have that because you can, you can understand what's going on in the trenches. If you're not tied into school some way, that way it's difficult to understand. Uh, and then again, let's say you don't have a child or a grandchild. If you're in education, you understand what's taking place in the classrooms. Um, the, the folks that are not involved that way and then you run for school board, it becomes very challenging for them to, to get the pulse, um, to get the heartbeat, so to speak, of what's happening day to day in the classroom. Yeah, I think it's very important in a year like this that the members of the board really know what's going on because, you know, it can be easy to make decisions and seeing the effects of those decisions helps you make better decisions. So I think it's very important that the people on the board 
um, you know, have connections, family ties to, or for, or former family ties to people in the school system. So are you happy with the representation that the board is uh, giving off as our, you know, as a community, students, teachers, parents, are you happy with the representation um, of our school in the board? I am. I, you know, there's, again, it's interesting. There's five of us and there's, there's a population and student body of over 5,500. So multiply that by how many parents are out there. I, I, we can only represent what we hear. And one of the things I encourage is communicating to us by the phone, email, uh, let's meet over a coffee. But what concerns me, though, is when we have in today's society communication by social networking through a Facebook type of uh, meetings that we're not privileged to. Because I won't I don't get involved. We're, we're told as board members when you go to board one on one meetings, don't make your opinions on Facebook and try to combat opinions on Facebook. It's not going to be a, a it's going to be a situation that's winless. Um, so I, I stay away from those sites. Now, I have a campaign page, a Facebook campaign page. Don't get me wrong that way. I'm just saying that a lot of our dialogue in our community, in all communities, not just Perrysburg, is taking place on Facebook. And so I'd rather have them call me and talk to me or email me so that I can take that concern to the next level, which would be the superintendent. Um, and he takes it from there. But if, if we don't know, we can't we can't help anybody. If there's a concern and they answer it amongst themselves, they're not privileged to all the meetings that we are in the next three weeks and the information that we have. So a phone call, an email, we can give them the information that we have and they can see then why we make the decisions that we do. So this is for people who uh, you know, may have concerns about the way things are being run, concerns about the way our schools are being run. So if you do have any of those concerns, um, the board is, you know, according to Mr. Pullman, very reasonable and very interested in hearing those concerns and having, you know, a civil discussion um, to solve those problems. Um, but one thing that I'm sure you're sick of talking about, but people are probably going to want to hear us talk about <laughs> is COVID-19. Uh -huh. um, that has been your biggest focus in the, you know, past couple months, uh, trying to balance safety with our, our primary goal of education. Um, and are you, you know, a major focus has been the COVID-19 pandemic. So it's probably been difficult to, you know, maintain all of your other, uh, responsibilities. So how has the board managed to fit in this major issue, you know, with all of your normal, uh, duties that you do handle every year? Sure. Good question, Jack. Um, so our meetings are longer. Our meetings have been three and a half hours, four hours. I'm talking about our Monday evening and our work sessions on Tuesday morning at 7.30. Our committee meetings are staying about the same because they're not COVID related. But so the meetings have extended because the first part of our meetings deal with COVID information, what's out there, what's happening, what's their statistics show, what's the CDC saying, what is the governor saying, what is our local Wood County uh, health commissioner saying. So we, we get all that data. And then we talk about, well, we might need some portables for the high school because uh, the high school is growing and we, we need to get some uh, help for the staff and the students. There are those other issues that continue, but they are taking a back seat to COVID-19. We have a school funding formula that's being worked on in the state that Perrysburg is waiting to hear the results of 
because the way the school funding formula is set up, it's it's not fair for all school districts, including Perrysburg. That's taken a back seat with regards to board meetings uh, because COVID-19 has got the priority. You know, of course, safety is our priority. That's the most important part of our school system. We can't learn, you know, in a in a good manner if we're not safe. And I believe that we all have the same goal here. We all want to stay safe and we all want to stay healthy. Um, and we all want to re- get back to some normalcy at some time. You know, everybody has a similar opinion. And it's, it's, it is a shame that it's been so politicized and, you know, not handled very well in government. But you as a person, is there anything in your life that has helped you to prepare for such unprecedented times and be able to react to such sudden change? Well, I, I think I can go back to athletics in my, my playing days of football and running track and the coaches that taught me some life lessons talked about a lot of things of handling adversity. Uh, personally, the, the older you get, the more you're going to be challenged with things in your life. Um, that's going to be adverse and it's going to be difficult and challenging. And you got to work your way through those things. So I can go back and look at a lot of different issues in my lifetime. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. If you have a hundred piece puzzle, maybe in my lifetime, I've got 75 pieces put in that puzzle already. That's helped build my character and the way I'd handle adversity. Not that I'm perfect at it, but in my faith also is an important part of it, but life lessons, setbacks, adversity, you're forced to get over that hurdle, so to speak, when you do have a setback. But nobody's given us a playbook on this pandemic. I remember when I was uh, in junior high, lining up to take a sugar cube full of a vaccine for polio. That's as close as I came to a pandemic when back then, I don't remember missing school, but I sure was excited to line up for that sugar cube. (laughs) Every kid in that line was happy because you got some sugar, right? With some polio vaccine in it. But there's no playbook on the way you make decisions as an adult on getting kids safely back to school and keeping your staff safe. Because remember, they're the ones that are a little bit older and have maybe some underlying health conditions that are not publicly known. So it's been difficult, but we've tried to follow the experts. I'm not the expert, but we try to listen to the experts and then make our decisions based upon what the experts have uh, told us. So uh, a big discussion recently has been the uh, four days versus five days a week uh, debate. Mm -hmm. Is that fifth day, that Monday at the moment, more important for cleaning and students who, uh, you know, maybe uh, have underlying health conditions to come in and receive some help? Or is that day um, more for safety reasons for students? Because, you know, it, it does seem confusing for some people who are not, you know, on the board or not medical professionals, you know, why four days seems safe, but five days isn't. So could you elaborate on, you know, that reasoning? Yeah, let me try to explain that because that surely is a topic of conversation, particularly nowadays when things are changing. So go back to August. Our goal always has been, actually in July, our goal always has been as a board to get the students back to school five days. But at that point in August, hybrid was the common theme in the area. Hybrid, as you well know, the two days on to school, uh, keeping Monday as a remote day. So that remote day back in the fall served a purpose for the staff and the students. The staff being, if we had to turn the switch quickly to no school was taking place, like it was last March 2020 in April and May, the staff was 
prepare, collaborating by grade level, preparing lessons, going from Schoology lessons to the Zoom bell-to-bell lessons that you perhaps experienced. All that doesn't take place by being at home by yourself as a teacher trying to coordinate it. They had to teach themselves some of this new technology. How are you going to use Schoology? How are you going to film yourself and teach your class online? It's all brand new for them. So we wanted to provide them that time to do that. And as you mentioned, with some of the students who were quarantined, who got behind, some of the students who technology or using a computer to study is not up their alley. They needed to be face-to-face in school. They fell behind a little bit. So they bring them in and help them out on those Mondays. So that was that was the main goal for those Mondays to be remote. And, and now it's changing a little bit because we're looking at the vaccine being out there. We're looking at the fact that um, the commissioner of Wood County Health Commissioners changed the social distancing from six feet to three feet. So if you've got a mask, I've got a mask, we're wearing it, but we're in the classroom together and you are tested positive for COVID. I don't have to be quarantined if we were at least three feet apart before it was six feet. And so the buses was six feet. And man, a lot of people got wiped out with quarantining there. And same thing in the classroom. So that Monday was reserved for the staff and for students um, so that we could maintain some sense of stability if we had to turn the switch, so to speak, and go totally uh, computer like we did after Christmas break. We kept everybody home for safety um, so that if they were with family and they caught the COVID virus, um, we wouldn't come back right away. They would know within five or six days if they had it and so forth and so on. So I don't want it to seem like I'm interrogating you. I'm just trying to echo some of the uh, <laughs> yeah. questions from the community. But that you brought up another good topic, um, and that's transportation. Yes. What is our biggest issue here um, with transportation? Because you know, yes. we, mm-hmm. buses can be jam-packed full of kids, but it, it's also a struggle for a lot of people right. who are, you know, specifically freshmen right now because they're the biggest class without transportation that can't drive. That, that's a, another good question, Jack. Let's go back again to the fall. Yeah, you got to look at the beginning. It's like reading a Bible. If you read the New Testament before the Old Testament, you, you know, things aren't, aren't the whole picture, so to speak. So here's a story. Back in the first semester, think about the six-foot rule on buses. So if you're going to sit students on buses, we were going to transport the elementary students. And so you needed, I think it's like seven additional buses to do that, which means we could not bus high school students. And by law, you didn't have to. And so in order to bus the elementary students, we had to put fewer students on a bus. So I'm just going to throw out some numbers that are not accurate. But let's say you had a 70-passenger bus and you can only fit 30. Okay, so you have 30 kids. You need more buses to get the kids to school. So that being the case, now let's go to the second semester. By the time that you found that um, you could go back and bus the kids to high school, now you don't have the bus drivers because some drivers who were not driving much got a new job someplace. And they, they, so we're, we're dependent upon uh, substitutes to help drive the buses. Uh, so we try to help the high school transportation. Remember, we still have to transport the elementary with the three-foot rule that still doesn't put a full bus. It doesn't put two to three kids a seat back to back. You have to limit how many kids are in a bus. But we did free up some buses for the high school. I think there's four drop-off points that the students can, the parents can take their their student, their child, and then they can go from there. 
And I believe we have something like right now, 100 students were busing to the high school as of this morning, I believe. And we're going to try to improve on that if we can. So that's, you know, I'm just trying to kind of get a sense for some of the decisions that are made because sometimes, uh, you know, the community begins to discuss things on their own and, you know, things get confusing. So the, the biggest issue there is bus shortages. And I'm sure that if you could bus high schoolers, you would be, um, you know, I'm not denying that. Um, but just trying to get a sense for what, what our biggest issue is and when we're going to overcome that. So what, when, when do you see us getting to a point um, or do you see us getting to a point um, where we, I don't want to say consider the pandemic over, but we begin to ease on restrictions. We have full schools. Um, you know, maybe we still have masks. Maybe we don't. Um, and when are we going to get to a point where, you know, everyone's going five days a week in school, you know, with no masks, could that be potentially next school year or are we looking further ahead? Right. So I have to answer that question myself personally, and this is not the board's decision or the board's answer. I want to clarify that. But if, right, you, you know, if you look at what's happening in our United States right now with the vaccination, uh, the United States, hopefully now they're saying every adult can be vaccinated by the end of May and Canada's hoping by the end of July. And, and so I, I believe that the pandemic's over when people think, say it's over when you feel comfortable because you've received two vaccinations as an adult and you feel, uh, let's put it this way, the state mandate says you don't have to wear a mask anymore. I think that's when people are going to finally take a, a sigh of relief and feel like it's being contained, being controlled. Texas currently is going through that Mississippi. Um, they're telling them right now not to wear a mask. Right now, Ohio, we've got guidelines to follow yet and we'll continue as a school district to follow those guidelines. I think personally that you'll find next school year, next fall, we should be back to five year, uh, five years, five days a week. I think we might still be wearing masks. Um, I hope not, um, but I, I think the we've learned a lot about clean, cleaning our hands and social distance and coughing our sleeve and things of that nature. And I think the mask, maybe we should go to the mask in the wintertime to help with the flu, you know? I That's a big controversy I know with the mask, but. Um, again, I think we're moving in the right direction because people are now becoming more confident with the vaccinations. And I know the staff next year or next week, March 12th, they're getting their second vaccination. And um, that makes a big difference for us to get the kids back to school too. That's good. I've got just a couple more questions for you. And then some students actually submitted questions uh, that they would like to ask you. So you seem like a man of faith. You seem like a man who enjoys humor. Is, has there been somebody in your life that's shaped you as a person? Yeah, yeah, there's been quite a few people. And again, I think it's like a like a clay pot being molded. It, it's not just maybe one person. And I go back to my mom and my dad, the way they raised me and some of the beliefs and some of the ways that they disciplined me and the things that they held me accountable for. I, I attribute that to them. Then I've been with my wife for 39 years, and she certainly kept me in line and helped mold my uh, my character and who I am. And I go back to my kids, too. You talk about learning through your children. Um, just being a parent, you learn uh, how to improve your character and how to you improve yourself. And my coaches and my teachers, 
and my preachers. A lot of folks have influenced me in my lifetime. And I, even to this day, I never say you're done learning. I don't care how old you are. There's never a day you can't go by that you don't learn something from somebody if you're willing to listen what they have to say. So several people have influenced my life and I'm very pleased and very blessed to have them in my life. That's great. You seem like a you know really great person. Um, and I'm very glad to have the pleasure to talk to you today. So let's go through some of the questions that were submitted for this interview. Um, I have three of them that were good. So the first question, you kind of answered it. Um, and it's how do you keep your personal opinion and biases out of the job? Yeah, exactly. Um, you, you've got to take the information you're handed. You've got to take and do some research. Um, again, just like the question about, well, when should we return to school? And what is our goal? What is our, what is our, our mission? And our goal all along is to get students back for five days. Is it safe? Is it safe for the students? Is it safe for the staff? Um, and so we go back to what we said in, earlier in the year and make sure that we're following the mission statement with respect to COVID. And so as long as we're staying in accordance with the governor, the Wood County Commissioner, the CDC, all the experts, that's what I base my, my opinions on. Now, if I'm getting the community saying one thing, I got to keep in mind that there's another bunch of folks in the community who aren't going to come forward to say anything to you. So you want to try to keep things balanced between the community, the staff, information you receive, and do what's best for the student body. Um, you, you do have passion. You do have opinions, and they're strong opinions. But here's what I want to tell you. I was the first-year board member, and a situation came up and boy, I had all the answers. I had documentation. I had notebooks. I went to a, a board meeting. I was ready to go. I was ready to give my opinion. And then I, I listened to the other board members. And as I listened to them talk about the situation at hand, slowly I moved my documents off to the side. And I said to them, you know, I thought I had the answer. And I was ready to come in here and tell you such and such. This is what it should be. And now I've heard the other side. And so by hearing from the other side, understanding what I know, I can put it together to make that final decision based upon what other folks have said too. Now, I will say I have voted sometimes opposite other board members. And that's okay because I may feel strongly about a particular situation. But when we take a board vote, I don't care if it's three, two, four, one, in favor, not favor of a particular topic, the board makes the decision and the board made the decision. So even though I might have voted no on a particular item and the rest of them voted yes, when I go out in the community, I'm the board. We voted to accept this particular topic. So I think that's important for folks to understand too. It may not be something I agreed upon previous to the vote, but once that vote's taken, I'm part of the board and we're a team. And that's very, very important for anybody, anybody on a board to keep that in mind. If only our federal offices were run like the school board, <laughs> that'd be, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't have anything to talk about on my shows and that'd be great. Um, so our second question is what is your favorite part and what was, is the most difficult part of your job? Favorite part of the job is people. Uh, favorite part of the job is there's a conflict, whatever it might be, and we get it resolved. Uh, I like to mediate. I like to be that middle, take what's your concern, what's your concern. Let's come together. What's that median point that we can get together on 
solving problems. But and then I, my favorite part too is just seeing our district and our children uh, learning, uh, doing great things to the community. You know, if it's volunteering, doing great things that way, or if it's you know going to school and graduating and excelling in academics and athletics. That to me is kind of cool. Seeing the awards at the end of the year for all the things that take place in our school district. After all, that's why I'm in the business to see that kind of thing. That's cool. Now, if anybody who is currently watching has any questions for Mr. Pullman, please submit them. Uh, but I've got one final question that was submitted. And I think it's the most important of them all. How many years until mommy beats Perrysburg at football? <laughs> if they change the league, they may not get that chance. I had I had a mommy coach tell me this once years ago when I was head football coach. I think it was like 96, 97. He says, Pullman, you'll never beat me again. We beat mommy that night. You'll never beat me again because I'm retiring next week. <laughs> so he did. He retired. He no longer taught and coached. But, yeah, uh, the team from across the river and Perrysburg is that very, very, very – good sportsmanlike contests in all of our sports over the years. I hope that always stays, even if the league does change. I hope Maumee Perrysburg still has that rival. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Even if the league does change, it'd be cool to see um, a little bowl game take place, uh, you know, for the bell. Absolutely. So uh, this was really fun. I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, I appreciate everything you do for our school. Um, and thank you to everybody who submitted questions. Next Wednesday, we speak with Superintendent Tom Hostler um, to ask him some of the similar questions and any questions that you guys have for him. Uh, this has been Inside the 435 with Jack Bowie. Thank you again. I appreciate you. Um, and hope that you all check in for the interview with Tom Hostler. Uh, once again, thank you, Mr. Pullman, and thank speak you. to everybody. Thank you, Jack. The future. Thank you. This has been Jack Bowie on Inside the 435. Don't lose track of the latest news. Follow Inside the 435 on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you're always notified when a new episode goes live.